In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Our text is the Gospel, which I've already read. Last week, I had mentioned that we're counting down to Easter. This week, sexagesima, as I mentioned, means about 60 days out from the resurrection. In addition to counting down to Easter to remind us that the resurrection of Jesus is, in fact, coming, these Sundays also give us an opportunity to equip ourselves with some essential Christian teaching as we begin to prepare to take our first steps into Ash Wednesday and Lent in about a week and a half. Last week, we focused on the grace and mercy of our God in Christ Jesus, and this week, we will be looking at the centrality of the Word of God to the Christian life and faith. Jesus' parable today puts before us the Word of God in the seed. This seed of the Word encounters four different kinds of soil, but three of those kinds of soil do not receive the Word of God with any eternal benefit. The first group that Jesus described were like the seed scattered on the path which is trampled and eaten by the birds is something that Jesus is criticizing, but it might not be exactly what you think. He's not criticizing those who simply reject the word of God without hearing it. I think there is a temptation here to say that This has got to be a reference to the people outside of the church who never darken the door of the the church to hear the word of God. But Jesus says that these are people who have actually heard the word of God. The idea that Jesus is taking a pot shot at the non-churchgoers is nothing more than a warmed-over form of self-justification. Well, at least I'm not like that guy. However, Jesus' warning is explicit. These have heard the word of God. This is a judgment against those who hear the word of God preached, but then they walk away as if they had heard nothing. St. James describes folks like this in his epistle. He says, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. Jesus' words are perhaps even harsher than James. He says the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. In other words, these belong to Satan. Then Jesus describes the second group as those who hear the word of God and begin to believe, but then they fall away in a time of testing. This is a reference to the persecution that Jesus would inevitably befall those who follow after him. Now note that in about a month and a half, We're going to put a question in this vein to our catechism kids. We're going to ask them, will you suffer all, even death, rather than fall away? You know, historically speaking, we've had it relatively easy in our country in the last few hundred years. 
But what if that changes? What would happen if we are told that we can't, for instance, operate our school anymore unless we changed our beliefs on what marriage is or how, how biology and not our feelings determine what makes a man a man and what makes a woman a woman? What if I told you that some of the executive orders already signed by our newly minted president are kind of moving in that direction to jeopardize this already? Or what if it's something else entirely? Has this pandemic softened our resolve in the face of difficulty? Jesus does warn us. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But anyone who denies me before men, I also will deny before my Father who is in heaven. Even St. Paul, that great apostle and preacher of the gospel, suffered as a result. He was not exempt because he belonged to God. We heard about that in our epistle reading for today. He pleaded three times with the Lord to have the thorn in the flesh, whatever that was, we don't know, have the Lord remove it from him. But instead, the Lord reminded the apostle of his faithfulness. He said that his power was made perfect in weakness. And so I ask you, how high is your pain tolerance? The second or the third group that Jesus describes are those who hear the word of God. They begin to believe, but then the cares and pleasures and riches of this life choke out the word of God. Rather than the hammer of suffering that the last soil encounter, the last, the, the seed encountered in the last soil, this is sort of a subtle and soft persecution that kind of creeps upon the church. After all, we live in probably what is the wealthiest country in the history of the world. Compared to people across time and space, we are among the richest people in human history, you and me. Prosperity is dangerous to the life of the Christian because it dulls our urgency for the gospel. Take, for instance, the fact that we have not been, that, that we have allowed youth sports to compete on Sunday mornings in our midst to compete with the divine service. But not only that, we have also allowed our children to participate in these events, oftentimes without batting an eye. Your friends in Christ, it should not be this way. It's a dangerous message that we send to our children. We teach them that it's okay to prioritize something over hearing the word of God. But what does the third commandment teach us? We should fear and love God so that we do not despise preaching and his word, but hold it sacred and gladly hear and learn it. This means that we are not only supposed to say that God's word is the most important thing, but we are to live our lives as if it is. The ancient Israelites were commanded to tear down all the altars in their midst of false gods, not just to not go and worship there, but to actively tear them down. The third commandment commands us to do the same in our own hearts. And then the final group, that Jesus describes are those who hear the word of God, 
Hold it fast in an honest and good heart, and then that seed bears fruit with patience. Dear friends in Christ, when we consider these four different kinds of soil, what do you find in your heart? Do you ever walk away from the sermon and not learn anything? Do you ever find yourself anxious about the way the world perceives the church's historic teachings? What have you prioritized over the Word of God? People loved by God, there is the one common element that links all four of these kinds of soils, the path, the stony ground, the thorns, and the fertile field. And that common ingredient is the seed of the Word of God. The Word of God has power to accomplish what God sends it to do. God said in our Old Testament reading, For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. So why does God send his word? God sends his word to till up hard-packed soil. God sends his word to break through the stony human heart that will not allow for faith to be nourished. God sends his word to thrash and clear the thorns and thistles that would choke out his word. This, is ought to, this ought to be how we view the days in which we're living now. The pandemic has, has revealed where our true priorities are, or at least where they ought to be in Christ's church. Since it is God's word that bears fruit and leads to salvation, this ought to be our one needful thing. And so let us return to the heritage of our church the heritage of the Lutheran Church, and that is the Word of God itself. This means that we don't consider confirmation to be our graduation from the church or learning what the Bible says. Catechism class certainly gave you a lot of good tools to make you a lifelong learner of God's Word. And as we pray in the ancient collect for the Word, we should read it, mark it, learn it, and inwardly digest the Word of God. What does that look like? Well, you should come to Bible class. You should ask questions. Make it so your pastor can't get through all of his material. Did you read something in Leviticus this week that you didn't understand? Call your pastor. Dear saints, Jesus shows us that in the word of God, we have been given the secrets to his kingdom. These are the secrets that kings and prophets have longed to see with their own eyes. And when we hold the word of God in our hands, or when we hear it preached to us, we have those secrets revealed before us. God's word has this terrific power because it is the same word of God that God used to bring creation into being. God said, let there be light, and there was light St. Paul writes that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. 
This word is a life-giving word. Jesus says that his word is spirit and life. He says that his word gives life because it testifies to him. And so I urge you, dear saints, let us not simply be hearers of the word of God, but as St. James urged us, to be doers of this word. Let us live our lives in and through the word of God, not simply as a garnish on our weeks for an hour on Sunday mornings, but let us be immersed in it. For this word is the power of God for salvation. In Jesus' name. And now the peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus our Lord.